to get to Galatians and it just didn't happen. Just didn't happen. I've been trying to get back to that book and I don't know, I need to do some praying to find out <laughs> if the Lord is just like, stop, Jamie, just. So as much as I love to be in my comfort zone, which is line by line, God is forcing me to um, do these topical messages that are not always comfortable for me. Um, you got to pray and you, gotta, you just can't go to the next verse. You, gotta, you got to hear from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so here we are, allowing the Lord to have his way. And I need you to pray with me. I need you to turn to the book of Hebrews. Amen. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, very familiar portion of Scripture, verse 1 and possibly verse 2, but I don't think I'm going to get out of verse 1 for the next two weeks, honestly. There's something that the Lord has been dealing with me on personally, and now you're going to uh, have to deal with what he's been letting me have it on. Amen? Amen. Because he loves us. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Amen. When you have it, say amen. All right. The word of God reads, Wherefore, seeing we are also, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Amen? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him ah, endured the cross, despising the shame, and was set down, is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen? I want to speak to you from the title this morning, You Need to Lose Some Weight. <laughs> now, before you take out your bricks in Castro Valley and throw them at me and think I am talking about, <laughs> what think I may be talking about, let me set this up. Keep in mind that while I'm preaching this word for the next couple of weeks, um, Hebrews was written to a bunch of people who are being persecuted. They are coming out of Judaism into Christianity. Amen? They're being persecuted. They, are, they were Jewish by religion, and now they're Christians, and what's happening to them now is their whole life is being turned upside down. Because everything that they knew is no longer the same. Everybody that they were running with is no longer the same. Everybody that they were, were called their boys, and we rolled. Nope, nope, not anymore. You done flipped on us. Who's this Jesus guy? We're not with that. Amen? So there's immense and intense persecution. Because of this great persecution, the writer wants to encourage the believers to hang in there with what they now believe and not go back to something that would be comfortable for them just to escape trouble. Amen? Amen. 
That's basically what's happening, okay? So there's all these scriptures about, you know, staying in the faith and, 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 and uh, comparing Jesus to, to what they used to believe and, and how Jesus is the Christ, and, and they're reaffirming them, amen? And he's just trying to encourage them to stay in the faith. Now, right before this 12th chapter, there's an awesome chapter of the 11th chapter of Hebrews where the, there's the wall of faith. And we see all of the heroes of the past. Amen? Uh, in the previous chapter, when you get a chance, let's take, I want you to you know, take that home and, and take a good look at it because there's a lot of uh, good nuggets. If you can look at the characters there and you can see the stories, they will encourage you. Amen? These are people who have stayed in the faith. So verse 1, put it back up there. We're going to stay there for a minute. Don't take it off. Till, okay, there we go. Wherefore, seeing, realizing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, speaking of the previous chapter, amen, Abraham and Moses and, you know, all these folks that, you know, Rahab and, you know, so on and forth, you know, so on and so on. These people are these great cloud of witnesses. Now, witnesses does not mean witnesses like I saw... Mother Shirley's still a snicker. She's, you know, rolled up, put in her purse, and checked on out. No, that's not what we're talking about. Witness is not, is not like being a witness to an event of a crime. Amen? Witnesses here means they testify as proof of God's faithfulness. Amen? Uh, faithfulness of believers who in the midst of trials stayed true to God. They believed, they trusted in, in God in, in spite of whatever they were dealing with. Amen. They are examples of endurance in the faith from the past for the believer's benefit now. Amen. They are examples of endurance from the past. Believers who stayed in the faith and they're speaking to us now. They witness to us and say, yes, God is faithful. Yes, God can hold you. Yes, God can keep you. Yes, we went through that. Yes, we went through that too. Yes, we went through that too. And God is still the same God today, yesterday, and forevermore. I trusted him and you can trust him too. That's what they're saying. We've been through some stuff and we didn't even have Jesus Christ, the revelation. We didn't even know. We didn't even have all the Christian privileges that you all have now. They're speaking to us now. Amen. Amen. And what they're saying here is let us run this race with patience. Amen. Let us run with endurance. Let us run this race with impatience. Now, the writer gives us several examples, as I said, who have, of people who have trusted in God. We are admonished to stay in the fight. Now, the Hebrews church at this time, the church in this time where Hebrews is written to, they were getting old. They were getting tired. <laughs> they were like, what's the use? David's got his hand up because he feels old. Amen. When you look at Hebrews 12 and 1, the, the main action idea word here is let us what, what, run this race. You see it? Amen. Run the race. That's what he's basically saying. We need get in, get back in the race. The main action idea is let's run the race that is set before us. Amen. But not so fast. Go back. There's something here that we got to see. 
this very familiar portion of Scripture, we need to magnify a certain word. Now, when I read this before, I didn't slow down enough to notice the first word because it follows a very big, scary second word. Okay? Hang in there. I'm going somewhere. Look at it again. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run the race with patience. Amen? Run this with patience the race that is set before us. We tend, because of our religious upbringing sometimes, focus on the word sin and bypass the word weight. Amen? I tell you that this first word is just as important. Amen? And there's a reason why the Holy Spirit put it here. Because if we're not careful, what we'll do is we will skip over this word weight and overfocus on the word sin and miss out on this blessing that God has for us. Amen? Many of you know that I just came out of the sabbatical. And I had to learn to deal with burnout. Amen? And I wanted to return to the series of Galatians, but the Lord has been pressing upon me, not before you tell them what you learned, what you've been learning, not before you tell them right where you are right now, where I'm dealing with you at right now. Don't just run on. Amen. Slow down and tell them what I've been trying, but I just can't get to it. So here we are. When you look at this word weight and you study it, I was blown away and surprised by the scriptures that coincide and go along with this, with this word weight. Write this down. Luke 8.14. Luke 8.14. I'm going to move quickly. Just write it down because you're going to look at it later. Luke 8.14. You see it? All right. And that which fell among thorns are they which... When they have heard, go forth, talking about heard the word, they go forth and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And because we're so stressed out by the cares of this life, it says, and bring no fruit to perfection. That means you can't mature. You can't grow. The fruit never becomes ripe. It just, it's like you go around in circles and circles and circles and you never get to where you're trying to get to. You never get to your goal. You're just constantly making adjustments, but you're not maturing. And the reason being is because there's a weight there. Amen? There's a weight there. That's what Jesus said in verse number one. Look at verse number two. Matthew 10, 37. Matthew 10, 37. Write it down. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Woo! He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Hold on, Jesus. You see that? I didn't write it. Keep going. Let's go a little deeper. Luke 9, 59 through 62. Luke 9, 59 through 62. There we go. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Come on, Jesus. 
Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead. <sighs> but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Ooh. And another said also, also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but first let me bid them farewell. Go and bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. I'm going to go with you, Jesus. I'm going all the way with you, but I first need to go say goodbye to my folks. Amen. And Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow. And looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Wow! Now, as I said, I want you to realize, saints, Jesus said all these things. This is the Son of God, the Lord of Lords, the King of, the King of Kings, the Alpha, the Omega, amen, the Master of the Universe. He said these things. These are direct quotes from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, not Peter. Not Paul, somebody you could choose, you don't, you know, I don't, I don't really listen to Paul. I don't do Paul. <laughs> you got folks like that. All right? What is he saying? What is our Lord saying? The message is very simple. If you can put all those things together under this context here, what he's saying is, is if you don't prioritize the main thing, you'll be too way down to do anything. Uh-huh. If you're going to run and run well, you're going to have to let some things go, people. The idea that I want you to get this morning, if you don't get anything else, is if you're going to run the Christian race effectively, you have to get rid of the weight. Say it to your neighbor again. You need to lose some weight. Say it louder. <laughs> Amen. Back to Hebrews 12.1. Now, that's our favorite scripture. There we go. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about all these great cloud of witnesses, people that speak to us from the past to the present, let us lay aside every, every, meaning there could be multiple kinds, every weight. Amen? Now, watch this. It says every weight, comma, and the sin. So we're not dealing with a compound thought here. We're dealing with two different things that we need to be very aware of. Amen? Amen. Lay aside every weight and the sin, meaning that uh, there are two things we should be careful of because weights may not necessarily be sins. Uh-oh. Weights may not particularly be condemned in the Bible. Uh, but weights will stop you from running effectively. None, nevertheless. Amen? Amen. Nothing wrong with, you know, doing certain things. You know, so, some, sometimes it's like, you know, I got it. You know, weights could be a habit that I have. Weights could be a hobby. Amen? That I have. Anything that you spend so much time in and it keeps you from doing what God called you to do. Ooh. Jesus didn't say, you know, thou shalt not play volleyball. He didn't. Yeah, nothing wrong with watching the game. No, I don't see a verse that says thou shalt not watch the Raiders. That's not there. Amen? Amen. And in fact, Apostle Paul used several 
Sports analogies. Evidently, he knew some things about sports to get the saints to rev up. Amen? Nothing wrong with watching sports. But is, are the sports that you're entertained by, are they, are they in the proper place? Huh? That's the question. Some people use Facebook as a ministry tool. Amen? They use it as an opportunity to preach the gospel, to give an encouraging word to some people, you know. And other people, they're just scrolling through everybody's nasty business for hours and hours. <laughs> you just, whoo, oh, I see what you're doing. Amen? If it's got you by the throat, it's a weight. Now, God didn't say anything bad about Facebook. But how is it being used for you? Amen? Amen. It's a weight if you can't handle it. It's a weight if it's stopping you from running well. Amen. It could even be people that you love, as we just saw in the verses. You know, Jesus said, that, you know, you're putting too high of a priority on these folks. Wow. I know that's your mama. <laughs> I know you love her. Uh-huh. But Jesus said, listen, he's, he wasn't saying that you can't love your mama or loving your mama is a sin or taking care of your mama is not a sin. He's saying, but if you don't lay mama aside and put mama in her proper place, uh, put her in the right priority. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. Second to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That even she can impede your progress. Even she can halt your progress. Even she can slow you down. Even she can make your run heavy. Are you hearing me? Amen. Let's be honest. We all got them. Some family members will drain the life out of you. <laughs> hey, Jamie. Oh, God. <laughs> What you doing, Jamie? Oh, help me, Jesus. <laughs> you went to the family meeting and you just came back home and you fell asleep. You just wore out. You know? Heavy. We know. Amen? Here's the thing. This is what the writer is saying in Hebrews. The Christians were already dealing with a lot of stuff. The Christians were already under spiritual attack. The, spirit, the, the Christians were already dealing with massive persecution. And as a result, what ended up happening is they started to get old and tired and spiritual laziness crept in, which was only getting worse and being made worse by the weights. Got to manage that weight. Amen. The Holy Spirit is saying to us today, where we are right now, and every generation deals with this, as I said last week, there's always going to be something. Amen? There's always going to be something that causes us to have to pray. There's always going to be something that's going to get us on our knees. There's always going to be something that's going to cause us to go, oh, Jesus, where are you? Amen? And we're dealing with those things, and those things are allowed to get us to get to know God through those situations. Amen? But here's the thing. You're not going to run well if you're too heavy. So the Holy Spirit is saying, listen, let go of the weight before you are spiritually paralyzed and stuck. 
Uh huh. And, and stuck not because you're being sinful, but stuck because you set up your life wrong. You haven't prioritized things where they need to be. Am I, am I talking to somebody today? Somebody got habits, hobbies, you know, entertainment, you know, family members, <laughs> folks, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever you're going to call them. Amen. Is it, lay aside every weight and, the, you know, sin, and we'll do, we're going to deal with sin next week. But which does so easily beset you. Amen. Besets us. That word beset means surrounds you, entangles you, easily attaches itself to you. You know, there's just things and people and situations and, and stuff that we get wrapped up and entangled in. It's not hard. It just clings to you. Amen. So you have to have some kind of, you have to really, really spiritually discern what the situation is. And you have to ask the Lord, Lord, you got to tell me what it is that you want me to do with all this stuff. It's, it's being humble enough to say, I don't run my own life. I didn't create me. What do you think about all this? Amen? And to be honest with you, I haven't always done that. But after you get sick and tired and wore out, you be like, Lord, what is it? <laughs> Amen? Run it with patience. That word patience means endurance. Amen? Endurance. Let us run with endurance. Get a steady pace. You know, when you run, you know, settle into a good stride so you can make it all the way. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a long race. You get into a good stride where, where, you're not, where, you're, where you're not running so slow where you're making barely any progress. Amen? But you're also not running too fast where you're completely wearing yourself out. All right, here we go. The other thing, every weight, lay aside every weight, every type of weight. The other thing that can be a weight, here we go, Lord. Help me, Holy Spirit. An occupation, a job, a goal that we're too focused on. Something that we are going to God for. And praying about it and never asked him if it should even be on the. <laughs> oh. It can be a weight. Watch this. What are you saying, Pastor? Go to the next part of the verse, the end of the verse, end of one. Yes, the weight and the sin that it so easily besets us and let us. Run with endurance, good stride, good pace, not too slow, not too fast. The race that is set before us. What are you saying here? Run the race that Jesus sets before you, not the race that you told Jesus you're going to run. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing that? Some of us are running the wrong race. Woo. It's not a race that we've even been designed to run. We didn't get instructions from God or from Jesus to run the race we've entered into. 
<laughs> we just are running. We've been running on the wrong race, on the wrong field, and some of us don't realize just how much this, uh, this American Western culture brainwashing thing has really impacted us, and we're trying hard and stressing ourselves out. That stuff is not God. The system has told us to strive. The system has told us how much money we need. The system has told us where our, our children need to go to school. The system has told us what your family success should look like. You would be successful if y'all looked like this. Uh, what kind of job you ought to have and how much money you should make on a job and the position you should have on a job and what kind of success you should have. And even in our churches, well, we'll look more successful if our church looks like this. And on and on and on and on. And we're running a million miles a minute with these schedules. We don't even have any time to hear from God. We wore ourselves out three decades ago. <laughs> and now we're tired. Got Jesus chasing you around, saying, you chasing Jesus. Why, he can't find you. Where you at, Jamie? Jamie, can I get you to, Jamie, can I get you to slow down for just a minute? Jamie, can I, can I get your attention? Can I get your attention, Jamie? Jamie, I'm over here. Jamie, I'm over here. I'm running for the Lord. What do you mean? And then God says, in his loving kindness, okay, I'll just lift my pinky just a little bit and let something through to get your attention. Just a little bit. Not, as I said last Sunday, to crush you, but because I love you. Some of us are sick. Some of us are tired. Some of us have no energy. Some of us are scrambled. We've complicated our lives. You know? It's, that's what's happened. The pandemic, saints, <laughs> is a reset button. Okay? Whatever theory you believe, the bottom line, as I said before, God is sovereign and he has allowed it. It may be coming from the government. It may be coming from God knows where. It may be coming from whatever. It may have killed everybody. It may have killed nobody. Whatever you want to believe. The bottom line is we are going through it right now. Like it or not. It's a reset button. Amen? Don't get ahead of yourself, Jamie. For now. It's a reset button. I need to wait because I cannot say this with her crying. I need to wait. It's okay, baby. It's okay. That's right. Yeah. All right. Good job, Mommy. The pandemic is a reset button long enough for us to pause to think about what we are doing, how we are doing it, why we are doing it, and whether or not we should continue doing it. Here's the thing, saints. This is what you got to realize. Okay, some stuff is of the devil, but not everything. Okay, the devil doesn't always have to get you tripped up on sex, drugs, and rap music, because I can't say rock and roll anymore because that's gone. 
Sometimes he just trips us up by suggesting these systems of life that are not the kingdom way. Amen? Uh Getting you to wear your own self out. You hear me? Setting up life in a way that completely drains you of all of your energy and all your resources. I see so many people tired. I'd love to come to church, but I'm tired. Really? I'd love to spend time with my children, but I'm tired. I'd love to go across the street and evangelize. I'm too tired. What did you do with your life? What's stressing you out? Why can't you run? Why are you so heavy? See, lay aside the weight, comma, stop, deal with that first. And then the sin. Amen? Some of us are running the wrong races. We got our Flojo outfit on, our Nikes on. (laughs) We ready. We in the wrong building, on the wrong field, (laughs) getting trained by the wrong coaches. All of the above. 1 Corinthians 6 and 12, almost done. 1 Corinthians 6, 12. I love this scripture. Donna always reminds me of this scripture. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, (laughs) but I will not be brought under the power of any. In simple terms, when you're talking about sin, yeah, you can't just do anything. But when it comes to things that are gray areas, is it wise? Is this what God has called you to do? So-and-so is doing it. Where their family is doing it. Where they go to that church or they go to this program. Or they they up at 6 o'clock in the morning and running track. Whatever. Well, they have the ability to do this. And I need to just get to that level and we copy them. What, then what, if you're going to do them, what did God make you for? He sent you to just look at them? Hmm. There is something called a steam train. You remember that? These big, heavy trains. And so the steam trains would travel these great distances. But the thing about the steam trains... They're different than the trains now. The steam engines always needed a lot of maintenance. Okay? So when you had these trains, they would eventually break down. So somebody, I believe it was by a man by the name of Henry Ford, came up with this idea of a roundhouse. And a roundhouse is something that connects to the tracks but has the ability to pivot. Amen? And so what they said is, we'll let the trains come in, (laughs) these big 38-ton trains, these engines, amen? And they would come in and stop on the roundhouse. And what they would do is they would set up with the roundhouse several different directions where you can go out and several different repair facilities, which allow the train to stop on the track, stop, pause, take a minute, 
Don't keep going. Get on the pivot machine. And the weight distribution was calibrated. Oh, Holy Spirit, you're talking. In such a way to where a teenager could take a train that weighs 38 tons and turn it to where the train would get much needed rest, relaxation, <laughs> amen. The train would be repaired. They could look and see what's wrong with it. And then the idea was after the train got to the, re the, the pivot place, they would turn it, it would go into the facility and then come back out, back out, and then go in a completely different direction than when it came. Are you hearing me? So it's almost like a giant lazy Susan that a kid could turn around with very little strength. Amen? Some of us have been on the same track for so long, doing the same thing for so long. And we don't know what's happening with our lives right now. But God is shaking things up and allowing us to either do something completely new or do it in a completely different way so that these things don't wear us out so we can get back on the track he wants us on. Amen? We got 38 tons of worry, <laughs> 38 tons of comparing ourselves to other people, 38 tons of stress trying to see, achieve this world version of success and whatever that is, 38 tons of, of looking at somebody else and thinking I ought to be that, 38 tons of being you know, upset with God because he didn't do this when I thought he would do it, 38 tons of all kinds of things. And the bottom line is, is if we could just trust the Lord and allow him to turn us in the direction that we need to go into so that we can repair and recharge. I'm telling you, young people, seek the Lord now before you wear yourself out and God's got to turn you and put you on the right track. The question is, is are we seeing the signs? Are we allowing the pause button to say, I think I need to do family different. I think I need to put these things in order. I need to order my life. I need to, huh? I, don't, I, need to, I need to order my private world. I need to order these things so I'm not slipping Jesus in the slots because I have no time for his direction. I have no time to seek him. I have no time to do what he tells me. He can't even, I can't do nothing because I, I haven't heard from him. I'm too busy. Chasing at this stuff that, don't even really matter. Hmm? One of the reasons why sometimes it feels like in this time that our world is spinning out of control is because I believe God is allowing some of us to be shifted. And what we have to do is we have to trust him. He created us. He knows what's best for us. If we are not careful, we will do what we think is right and not realize that the Holy Spirit has a plan for each and every individual in his kingdom. And we have to seek him to know what his will is because some things are hard, but some things we've made hard. Amen? Amen. I was watching a documentary a couple of nights ago 
of one of my most famous heroes. He's a producer. And um, if I sang some of his songs right now, church service would be over. You got, you sing every last one of them. They're very, very popular songs. He's been very successful. He's a type of person, I found out, that he's driven, spent his whole life making records. But he's so driven that his family life, and he had to admit it, is a wreck. Five marriages, children everywhere, children trying to figure out if daddy really loves them, one family being taken care of very well, another family in the ghetto. Sad. White guy. Tons of money. Tons of success. Driven. Working the system. And at the end, he says to himself, you know, this is all my fault. All I can really do is try to magnify my work, but I can't really magnify my life. You hear that? To make matters more interesting, he's got this fear of elevators. He won't go in them. He will, if, if the studio is at the 90th floor, he will walk up those steps. He will, he's a very famous man. You, if I said his name, you would know him. Amen? And the reason being is because he is so driven about his success and what he wants to do and become and whatever have you, and he's trying to do this one project. He's like, I, I got to do this project. I'm, I'm, I'm 60-something years old now. You know, I got to do this project. Uh, and and I'm, 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 I'm looking at all these things on the Internet, trying to figure out how I can extend my life. I want to try to live as, for as long as I can. He's afraid to die. Fear family life in shambles, and all he could do is say, yeah, but you remember my songs, right? Sad. Sad. The thing is, is that's not a picture of the glory of God. Now, he doesn't know Christ, but the, what's even more sad is a bunch of Christians look at that life and say, I want that. You hear that? Oh, if we could be like them, then then, then we'll have respect. If we could be like them, then, we'll, then we're really doing something. If our kids could be, you know, if they can go to this school or go to that school or come out to, you know, to have success later on in life, now we're really doing something. It's sad. Let me just finish. The great cloud of witnesses testify to us one simple thing. They have proven that if we let go of the weight because of the reward that's coming to us, we really have nothing to lose. Amen? We can let whatever it is go because we have nothing to lose. They are rooting for us on the sidelines while we're running our race. Say, keep going. No, you don't need that, honey. Keep running. <laughs> you, no, no, that, that's not going to help you get across the finish line. Keep going. We see you. We want to encourage you. The truth is, is they're telling us, we don't have anything to lose. 
We could just run our race without all this extra stuff and be just fine. Lastly, many theologians, many theologians, see a close tie between that word weight and legalism. I just want to put this here because I, I may shift into Galatians, not this coming up Sunday, but Sunday next afterwards. Where we are so busy trying to do our version of Christian living and dotting every I and crossing every T to make sure that you're, you know, in there with the Holy Spirit, but we're kicking the Holy Spirit out because we're managing our own growth process. Amen? Now, let, me say, let me say this. The process of sanctification is something that, you know, we are definitely partnering with God on, and we do have our part. But it should not be to the point to where we are so driven by these things that we have kicked him out of the process. Amen? What I'm saying is, is yes, you should read your Bible. Yes, you should study Scripture. Yes, you should do all those things. But if you're doing those things without the Holy Spirit, if you're doing those things without resting in God, huh? if you're doing those things to where they are becoming, you know, all driven by you, guess what you have turned your maturation process into? A weight. No different. Amen? Lay aside the weight so you can run the race that is set before you with patience. Amen? Lose the weight. I'm done.